0: 1104 again just like uh greg man the last show of the decade last show of the year mm. the uh
1: pinpoint Hell show i did not even think of that right it. yeah pretty scary you're getting old that's son. crazy i know it's been what three not as long as greg but i think three years yeah now. back to the uh, dr Four. pain days now back to dr health. pain days yeah pretty incredible yearly wrap am- amazing how time flies yeah. oh. it's insane 416-870-6400, star
0: 640 on cell. You have questions about uh, your well-being, your health. Bring them on. That is the uh, the mainstay of the show here over the course of the next hour. What, uh, what's what been happening in the past? Well, I know what's been happening the past week. It's been Christmas. But generally, <laughs> yes. what's going on with, uh, with Pinpoint?
1: Yeah, lo- lots of stuff. We're working on some big things for 2020 nice. in terms of expansions into different cities. Um, can't really say right now uh, just based on... Non-disclosure agreements that sure. I've signed and things like that, but um, always continuing to grow the brand, uh, get a clinic closer to you wherever you might be, uh, which I think is is the goal. We've, you know, when you look at the research around how will, you know, if someone lives in po- a point A, how much would they want to drive in terms of wanting to go somewhere to get healthcare? And the research shows that it's about a fifteen-minute drive radius. So most people will say, like, yeah, if it's fifteen minutes away from me, I'm I'm, I'm likely to go. Right. Um, and then as you start to move away from that distance, then obviously it becomes harder and harder for people. So that that's really you know within the GTA, an eventual goal is to sort of be within fifteen minutes of most people uh, in the Greater Toronto Area. Maybe the the Greater what's the bigger one? The GTA. Sorry. Yeah. Southern, Southern Ontario, horseshoe. maybe the yeah the Golden, Golden horseshoe. horseshoe. So so, but that that's sort of the goal is to really have a place um, to to build pinpoint to a point where um, it's somewhere that's close to you, fifteen minutes away from you, so that you can get the care that you you need. Um, the accountability, you know, the the customer service aspect is huge for us. We I'll, I'll actually share a story that we had happen this week at our Brampton West location. Um, a gentleman had sent his Uh, daughter for massage with one of our massage therapists and uh, she had massage and uh Everything about the massage was great But I guess something towards the end of the experience in terms of the way the massage therapist was speaking to her or giving her advice on something that Mm -hmm. This girl didn't just she just wasn't digesting the information and she actually thought that the massage therapist was being dismissive Um, And so she told her father who had had brought his whole family over to our clinic at Pinpoint Health in in Brampton And um, And he spoke to our office manager there and she said, like, I'll get you to call Dr. Lewin. You can talk to him personally. Sure. And right off the bat, he was already like even surprised that I would, you know, and I. And that's sort of a policy. Anytime someone has a problem, I just tell my office managers, give them, my, give the person my cell number and tell them to call me at their convenience. Happy to talk to them. Um, and he called me and he shared the experience that his daughter had had. And he just, you know, he said, you know, everything has been great in terms of the customer service with the reception and office manager, even the massages he, him and his son have been having uh, massage therapy with another massage therapist and everything has been good. Mm-hmm. And he says to me, he says, you know, there's this one little thing that just is now sort of tainting the experience for right. us. Um, and and, she, and my daughter does not want to go see that therapist again. And I said, well, that's fine. I, I think everyone is entitled to a second chance, even this therapist, because might have been a bad day. It might have been a bad moment, whatever. Um, but I said, definitely, we can make sure that we talk to And he basically said, like, listen, she's not going to see that person anymore, but we're okay to see someone else. So I, I said, no problem. I recommended somebody else. I said, see this person, get the advice that you need. Right. Um, you know, we we had a nice 10-minute conversation. He was very, very thankful that I would, A, take his call, B, uh, listen to him. And I, and I essentially told him, my job is to listen. I want to hear the things, the experience that our patients have because that's the only way that we can improve. Um, and so a couple things happened there. Number one, we spoke to the massage therapist. Then again, like we always talk about, there's always more than one side to a story, right? There's, There's one experience, the other experience, and probably whatever you want to call the quote-unquote truth of that experience. And so I think a lot of these things come down to a misunderstanding of some sort. But even regardless, we made sure that this this girl was treated with another therapist. She got the care that she needed. Her, Her father then even called me after. Um, the experience and said, thank you so much. Wow, Everything kidding. was great. Good. You know, thank you. So so that's the level of customer service that we want to be providing at Pinpoint Health. And again, this is something that I am personally overseeing. This isn't like I have somebody else taking care of those items. These, these are big ticket items for me because I want to make sure that when people are coming into one of our clinics, seeing any one of our professionals, that we can have that dialogue. And the other thing is I thank this patient and this gentleman that brought his family over because... It's so refreshing to speak to someone who can understand. Like, this was not a person who was combative, called me yelling or anything like that. No, he wanted to have a dialogue. And I think that's the right way. And we were both able to figure out a solution that worked for nice. him and for Pinpoint Health. And I thought that was great. So I thanked him for being that type of person because... Because we all know now, you know, with Google reviews, like, you know, something small happens, it's taken out of context, and then there's this massive negative Google review of some sort, and people just never want to have dialogue. And I think it's so important that if if an organization is willing to have the dialogue with you, well, why wouldn't you want to do that? And so that that's what Pinpoint Health is all about. We're willing to have that dialogue to understand the extent of your experience and do whatever we can to rectify it. Because, I, I mean, for me personally, I've, I've dealt with a lot of different companies, a lot of different things in my life. And I've always said I don't mind when people, companies make mistakes. It's always about how you handle that mistake because anybody could do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like mistakes are are, are just a natural thing that could happen. Now, if those mistakes, if it's the same mistake over and over again, that's a problem. But if you can do your best to rectify a mistake, I, I think that speaks volumes about an organization.
0: Good way to start, my friend. Well, uh, we'll take a short break again. You got tons of time now till uh, till twelve o'clock to bring on your concerns about your health over the past year or looking forward. Get out, talk about it. Ask uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Payne, Doctor Lou's here to uh, to answer your calls four one six. 870-6400-STAR-640-ON-CELL. Pinpoint Health Show continues. Global News Radio. It is 1115. Yeah, you have some uh, health concerns, some uh, stuff you want to talk about. Bring it on. It's 416 870 star 640 on cell Info at PinpointHealth.ca or simply Pinpoint Health on social Instagram and Facebook
1: as well. Yeah, and you know what? On, on that point last week, you know, I sort of had a, a shout out to everybody to sort of uh, add me on on right. Instagram I and mean, it actually works. So l- let's do it again. Like, I mean, there's, there's a ton of amazing content that uh, our social media uh, company that we're working with is putting out on there under the guidance of m- me and my team in terms of what the content should be, but they make it look a certain way. They make it feel a certain way, which is the stuff that I would not be good at. Um, and it's just very good free content. Like, I don't know why, why you wouldn't look at it and, and the links and, and all the things. So, so, you know, Dr. Lou on uh, social in terms of Instagram or Facebook or pinpoint health on Instagram and, and Facebook, or even on LinkedIn. I'm not sure. I don't think there's Twitter. Um, yeah. Do they even use Twitter anymore? I don't know. Now I what's, never what's the new thing now? TikTok. No, TikTok is completely different. That's, yeah, that's for different. Lessons watching videos. Oh, is that yeah, what it is? It's, it's, yeah. I we don't know. have that, but I know like really? Jody, hey, are you in with this, all going...
0: this stuff? My niece used TikTok. Oh, yeah? She's all over it. But basically, it's kids dancing or lip syncing the music.
1: Oh, that's it? So it's not?
0: It's, it's a video service.
1: Okay, I see. Yeah. All right. And Snapchat, should... what's that? Similar? Similar to that? I, I don't know. Snapchat's <laughs> not for you. Either. I think, sorry? You're not a Snapchatter. No. point
0: <laughs> Health is not <laughs> a Snapchatter. Put, uh, like, put some dog face on you. or. Oh, that's crap. what's. Oh, okay, okay. And it goes away after see? 15 seconds. I'm just.
1: People into. Someone I would listen to this show and think I'm, you know, 85 years old. No, 34.
0: You, no, you're you're busy. You have a life. I'm 34 and
1: I don't yeah. know any of this stuff. Yeah, it's good.
0: You're, you're okay. <laughs> you're fine. You're going down the right river, my yeah, friend. Yeah, that's good? Yeah, okay, thank
1: okay. you. Well, I guess we can end it here then. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, what else are we talking about? So, I mean, the big things, as always, is is uh, um, I'm always a fan and and I think a proponent of getting your injuries and pain dealt with in the early stages, acute phases. Acute phase. Um Really, really important for so many different reasons in terms of prognosis, likelihood to not uh, to get better and to not become chronic. I mean, we we've talked at nauseum in terms of the chronic state of things, how that creates a neuropathic component where you now have also. Um, Neuropathic meaning it's sort of wired in your neurology now. Like like whether there's a problem there or not, you have neurology sending signals. And the best example of that is the phantom limb pain, right. which we've, we've talked about before as well. Um, and where it essentially shows us that you can have a problem without the physical... Without the physical thing even being there, learned. Yeah, so so that tells us that there's these things called brain maps that these areas of your body exist in your brain, and and it's not just about there being a problem at the location. It's not just about if you're if it's your left hand and it's chronic that it's only a problem in your left hand. There's also probably an area of your brain, according to these brain maps, um, that will have a problem. And so even if we can treat the physical aspect of it and get that better, we don't necessarily completely get rid of the pain signal now there's some new stuff that they're working on um well they've been working on it for a number of years now on ways to sort of get at this type of brain map and how we can maybe target it to treat these things Mm. but the, the point that i'm trying to make is the complexity of it right and so if you let something become chronic now you're also dealing with that aspect of it whereas that doesn't exist in the acute phase right and, you know, so the question becomes at what point, you know, if, if you do something today, sh- how soon should you see somebody? Should that be within an hour? Should it be within six hours, 12, 24 hours? I think it depends on how bad the pain is. Obviously, if this is like the worst pain you've ever felt or there's trauma involved, then, you know, like you don't fall off a ladder. I think we had a call a few weeks ago that some uh, someone brought up where, the person had called, f- fallen off a ladder, had a massive bump on their knee, um, and it wasn't getting any better. And, and they were just sort of like, well, I've been massaging it, um, yeah. and it's not getting any better. It's like, well, there was trauma there.
0: Right.
1: That, that is usually something that you should get dealt with. I'd say if there's trauma, a fall of some sort, anything like that, as soon as possible. Like that, those Especially are the, the head, you're not, oh geez, if, question. yeah. If you've got trauma to the head and you've got so, any type of symptom that doesn't seem normal, like that's immediate you, you, waiting an hour could potentially kill you if it's the wrong thing. So it's crazy. Um, well, let's go through that. I think we have to take a break, but uh, when we come back, we'll talk Good. about the w- you know the things that the hot ticket items that Hierarchy you yes, Hierarchy uh, yes. of
0: necessities when yes. it comes to your health care. 416 870 6400, star 640 on sale. Pinpoint Health Show continues. Global News Radio. It is 1123, final show of the decade, end of the year for the Pinpoint Health Show. PinpointHealth.ca, info at pinpointhealth.ca to reach out through, uh, through email and on social as well. PinpointHealth or Dr. Lou. And for the remainder of this hour, you got to questions? Bring them on 416 870 6400, star 640. On sell, either for yourself or calling in for a friend or a family member anonymously. Doesn't matter. Bring it on. Love to uh, love to get the
1: conversation. For the last started. show of the decade. Yeah. Sounds sort of morbid. Like, I guess, yeah. well, I don't know. Maybe that's all context, right? Depending on your mindset. Like, to me, when I hear that, that's like, oh, like end of a decade. That's, I don't know. Way back in the 2020s. <laughs> in the 2010s. Oh, it's the crazy. Teens. You know, I, I always tell this story when I started. Um, I guess when I first started getting my G1 driving, that was, I, it would have been, uh, 2002-ish around that time, something like that. And, uh, and I, I remember the big thing was everybody, like my age group and the guys that I hung out with, we all wanted Honda Civics. Like that was the thing. Like you, back in the day, that's where you could soup them up a little and do those things. And, uh, and I remember like one of my friends got a 1999 Honda Civic SI or whatever. And I remember thinking like, wow, like But that is brand new. And even to this day, when I hear like a 1999 Civic, in my head, I still have that initial reaction. where I'm like, oh, my God, that's brand new. And then you stop and you think you're like, no, that is old. That's an ancient card. The fact that you just
0: said G1, Jody and I are going G1. It just used to be a
1: 365, and you got your license. Yeah, it's still a G1. I did G1, G2. Yeah, you did not. I did did so. Easy there. Nobody is as old as you, You buddy.
0: (laughs) I'm not lying.
1: Learner's book. Lessons, lessons. Well, after the 360, so it was a 360, and no, then
0: you, well, you got your you got your learners your permit. Your, they call it 365 because yeah. once you did your written test, you had a year to go out and get your right. road test. So it was called 365. Oh, okay. and then within that yeah. year, you just practiced, went to driving yeah. school, got the old man to take. This you is out, even whatever. before, roads, next day before roads
1: were paved. Like yes, this. That's
0: it. <laughs> That's right. You had a feed bag oh in the front of you. Oh, my ear. God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So nice. anyway, so before we we went to break, we were sort of talking about the hierarchy of, like, when do you do certain things? Right. And then we sort of were talking about, like, with head trauma, sure. right? Yeah, you should intervene right away. Now now the question becomes, well, what's this head trauma, right? Like, how bad is it? Is it, you know, an apple fell off of a tree and hit you in the head? Should you be going to an emergency mm-hmm. room? I think it really is consistent with symptoms as well. So it's not just about what the trauma is, but what the what happens following the tra- trauma. So let's say you're you're walking, you slip on ice, and you fall, and you hit your head, and you've lost consciousness. Okay, so all of a sudden you come to, and you're like, oh, I think I lost consciousness. Where the hell am I? Yeah. yeah d- yes. Exactly. Like you got to You got to get somewhere asap. Um, if you start to have what would be described as the worst headache of your life. You got to get immediate medical wow. attention. That could be something like a stroke. Okay, so if anybody, if you ever hear anybody say, um, "This is the worst headache of my life," and and I mean, people might say that in passing, like all of a sudden they get a headache and I'm like, "Oh, this is the worst ever." No, but is it genuinely the worst headache you've ever felt in your life? Is the pain that excruciating? Then yes if there's any weird symptoms, like all of a sudden you've got weird numbness and tingling in an arm or a foot, or all of a sudden you can't move your arm or your speech is slurred your or, face your drops or something yeah, like any that. of those things that is immediate attention. That's immediate. Like we're not talking about immediate because you just need to get dealt with. It, it might be save your life when there's head trauma. Now, If you fell and, you know, landed really hard on your butt and there was severe pain and swelling, and even if there was a fracture in there, I mean, if you didn't go to the hospital within the next 10 minutes, that may not necessarily be the difference between life or death. But if you fractured your pelvis, you should be getting to the hospital within the next six hours for sure. So I think when it comes to trauma, because the average person isn't going to understand the intrinsics of this, if there's trauma, go get yourself analyzed. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be an emergency room. It might also be an urgent care center or a walk-in clinic, and they can triage it. And if they think it's more serious and you need to be going to an emergency room, then you go to the emergency room. The other thing is when things happen insidiously. So that meaning there's no point of origin that you can think of. The example being, I woke up, I went to go brush my teeth, and all of a sudden my neck started to hurt, right? Right is that something you need to rush to an emergency room probably not now if there's red flags that go along with that and again the red flags with with neck pain are similar to the stuff with headache if you've got weird numbness tingling anywhere loss of strength anywhere you have a headache with this neck pain you have slurred speech any of these weird symptoms that is a medical emergency because sometimes neck pain can also be related to stroke type of things now it would also it sort of depends on on a lot of things and we're simplifying a lot of things here and when I think about this stuff I mean the picture is so much greater but so I I guess the point being with things that happen and there's no specific onset if there's weird symptoms or things that seem out of the ordinary that needs to get looked at immediately it's no different than if you had so let's take low back pain for example low back pain with leg pain is that a medical emergency? Probably not. Low back pain with leg pain. There's also paresthesia in the genitalia. You're having problems going to the washroom. Or lack of control. Or lack of control. That is a medical emergency. That is right away. You got to get to a hospital because that might be something like a cauda equina syndrome. So the point that I guess I'm trying to make here is the average person, and I don't, I I mean the average person, the average listener, isn't going to know all this stuff. So get it checked out. That's why I'm talking. That's why I'm saying right. in the acute phase, you got to get these things looked at because how can you possibly know all of these things? And if you don't know all of these things, you're potentially risking your your eventual well-being on not knowing. Is that, is that a risk you're willing to take with right. these things? Probably not. I mean, if you sprain your ankle playing basketball... That's probably not a medical emergency, you know, like get some ice on it, get some ice on it, manage it, see what's going on. You hurt your knee during a run. Yeah. Same thing. There's no big trauma. It's just low level pain. I think most people will inherently understand that pain, the intensity of pain should be telling you how likely of an emergency this is too, right? Like, uh, um, and so listen to your body with those things. It's very, very important. Yeah. 416-870-6400,
0: 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You still got uh, some time here. Bring it on. You have questions about this stuff or uh, your hierarchy. We'd love to talk about it and talk to Dr. Payne as well. You can do so. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Pinpoint Health, Global News Radio. It is uh, 1131. Yay, free ride to answers to your health care. You still got some time. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You know, it, it, and sometimes I know we do talk off air that... Okay. Okay. <laughs> You understand a lot about health care. That's your thats your job, that's your bailiwick, that's your expertise. But sometimes, and I've asked you stupid questions as well, uninformed questions, and it's just we've often said we'd love to do an After Dark show. Oh, jeez. Right? Oh, like, my God. No, you wouldn't. You don't go to the hospital oh for that. Why God. are you
1: calling me? Yeah
0: and you can't yeah. blame people because they and don't I, know. It but. would be
1: more about the comedy behind 100%. it, and I think that type of dark humor, it actually is a way for some people to learn, right? Like, some people learn better with that type of darkness. I I remember I had a high school teacher. It's really funny, actually. You can never do this stuff nowadays. But in order to get a point across, he'd always swear with it. Yep. And and the reason wasn't because he was swearing, but he knew in with swearing, it would bring our attention to it, and we point. would... And we would... Yep. Exactly. And so... So I think like an after hours, uh, you know, uncut version of the Doctor Payne show or something like that, where I could just let mm-hmm. loose. It'd be a podcast. Uh, oh my God, it would be crazy. And but I I do think it would provide s- s- a- an added advantage. I'll never do it in- so long as I have a license because I'll lose my license to right. doing it. But <laughs> but if the day ever comes, which hopefully it doesn't, then then maybe. But yeah. uh, we were talking about last week at the beginning of. Um, the show, Greg stayed back a little bit, yeah. and uh, and was asking some stuff about uh, a rib problem that he had been having, mm-hmm. and I was saying to you that I got uh, uh, an email from somebody, essentially, it wasn't very nice, and and the nice version of it is just don't have that guy on your show. See, we love that. Yeah, it was a little, it was it was not, not clearly as nice as that, yes. but, and it was just sort of like, I got that yeah. email, and I was like, really, like, is that is that what people have time to do? And I guess – and you and I now and Jody, we're talking off air. Like are there people that actually genuinely – like I, I guess clearly there's a person because they – he he sent me that email that doesn't like Greg and, and said don't put that guy on your show. But I wonder, do I do, do some people hate me, which is totally fine. And and I guess the reason why I bring it up is because if you do sort of hate me and you're listening or you disagree or whatever, I'd love to actually speak to you For just sure. to sort of understand like yep. what it is. Um uh because I think that's interesting. Like it's not so much that I, I'm ready to have this argument on on the radio or anything like that, but I sort of want to understand why? what is it that you did like is it a disagreement and maybe there's something i i mean i think one of the most important things about being a human being is our ability to change right we're very very good at that in adapting and i think of myself as someone that if i'm ever presented with something that is more than i knew some information that i knew is new or i didn't know I'm i'm willing to change my mindset for sure um and all the things that I say on the show now are as a result of the mindset that I have because of the the research that I've done, the education that I have, et cetera, the experience, right. and all those things. There might be something that I'm not aware of, but I think if if presented with the right information um, and with the right scientific evidence, I'd be willing to change for sure. I just wonder if other people would be willing to do that. Like if you if you're willing to call me and tell me, um, and I, and I'd love to have that that call and that that conversation. But you, I I would also hope that whoever that person is, is willing to change as well, because that's the most annoying part about, about dealing with people is, is when you're speaking with somebody and you're providing with them good quality information that's backed up by science and they just, they don't want to accept it. They're just like, no, this doesn't matter. Like, and I guess the easiest example of that is the anti-vaccination sort of debate and I mean my stance on it is clear and I've spoken about this before I believe we should be vaccinating there's right. just there's in my opinion there's no and not just my opinion again when I say my opinion my op- opinion is based on the scientific literature right. uh, that's how I make my and and also look and understanding history how vaccinations have essentially you know saved millions yeah, I don't of <laughs> want polio anymore. yeah I'm and so so there's no good research there's no good uh, argument that i've heard where where i can sit here and accept and say yeah we probably shouldn't be vaccinating uh, ourselves our kids and all those things i've not seen that evidence i don't there's no good argument for it for me so my stance is yes we should be vaccinating because there's a clear advantage um, does that mean we need to be vaccinating for every single thing Maybe that that I think I can I can uh, you know there's there's more leeway in my opinion there, but I think for the classic things, the MMR, the polio, uh, those types of things, like come on, like. It's also sort of a, a slap into the a slap in the face to all the people who died from that. Right. That essentially gave us that knowledge to create the vaccine, right? Because it takes someone going through something in order for us to know what's wrong Change. with them, to intervene and to and so it's sort of like we've come so far to the point of eradication of a lot of these things and then we're going to sit here and say, well, now that we've eradicated it, nah. I don't Let's think just we, take
0: seat belts out of cars. Yeah, exactly. Not necessary. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you're you're yeah. just going backwards and it, and it's crazy for me. I just it's a it's a very very hard thing for me to accept. I think a lot of it the problem with a lot of people is I think people accept dogma Right, So if, if if you hear something and it resonates with you and it sounds like it makes sense, I don't think a lot of people actually go through the exercise of saying, okay, being trying to be impartial, saying, okay, so you hear someone talk about the anti-vaccination thing and you hear it and it sounds like, okay, this person really sounds like they know what they're talking about. So, so let me... Go and see for myself. I think a lot of people just hear things and they accept it and then they, regurgitate. they, they just regurgitate. Yeah. They're just regurgitating whatever they heard or whatever they read. Like, and I've had this, you know, you meet people that say, yeah, but I read this book and mm. there's still an inherent bias to a book. Yeah. That's why there's such thing as peer reviewed scientific evidence, right? Because that's how you can actually, of course, if someone is writing a book they have an objective they want to get across a message to sell the most copies of that book to make money i don't doesn't matter what anybody says that, that that is their objective so i don't think that that necessarily means that they're lying about their beliefs or things like that but i do think that that you need to look at those types of biases and and consider them when you're trying to to make these uh decisions for your life so it's it's pretty crazy but going back to that person that had the negative comment about greg like you know, at the end of the day, I can really have anybody I want on my show. Yeah. Right. I think it's it's my show, so I'm allowed to do that. And I, I completely disagree with the, the comments about Greg. I think he's a is a great person. He's we've we get along very, very well. And he had a legitimate question about his health. And I'm happy to answer those questions. No different than if I had a legitimate question about my car. He's willing to take that. Mm-hmm. So so I think that's the thing. And I think if people can accept that and if you're willing to go out of your way to send an email. I don't know.
0: One's not bad, pal. I got 19 years next door on Q107. Why are you playing that Bob Seger song? You suck. (laughs) Okay, perfect. I didn't schedule it, but that's fine. You can blame Uh, me for the entire Seger catalog. Humanity. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Bring it on. Pinpoint Health continues till 12 o'clock. Global News Radio, 1142 Pinpoint Health. Info at Pinpoint Health. You want to reach out uh, when we're not on the air anytime for that matter through email and Pinpoint Health or Doctor Lou on social like Instagram and Facebook. There is plenty of content to absorb and learn from on there, uh, and as you well. can
1: message us through those channels yep. as well, you right? Bet. If you if you add us to Instagram and things like that, send us a message. Um, if there's anything, I mean, for anybody that's following us on any of the social media platforms, if there's a video you'd love to see about something or you'd want to hear me talk about something. I'm happy to have that even even with the radio like if you if you're looking for a specific topic let us know and we'll we'll do our very best to get the experts in those fields if it's not something that i feel confident enough for to to comment on or within my scope right because i mean we've had people call me about everything and i'm not an expert in everything Mm -hmm. and i think that's i guess one of my strengths is realizing that i'm not an expert in everything and and my team is full of a bunch of different experts for that very reason, so that at the very least we can say that Pinpoint Health is an expert in pain and injury management right. when you consider the the totality of the team.
0: Again, 416-870-6400, star six forty on sale for the remainder of the hour. If you have questions, it's a, it's a quiet day. It's, it's a quiet People day. For, yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think is coming up next year in twenty twenty? What do you see, Is there any big health? either not, I want to say fads cuz it's not really a fad but any things you should be concerned of for next year you see coming up
1: concerned of no i think i mean there's always i think the next wave of of medicine or of healthcare in general is going to be like functional medicine Meaning um what? so functional medicine being where you're where you're understanding all so once upon a time, it was very much... And, and, and this change has been happening. So I'm not. it's not like, oh, 2020, all of a sudden. It, it's sort of been happening anyways. It, before, it was very much localized, right? Like if you had an elbow problem, it was an elbow problem, the elbow. right? Yeah. And, and if it was a shoulder, it was a shoulder. And, and we now have become more functional and to say, well, it's a shoulder, but it's related to your neck, this. It's also maybe related to your diet, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of things. So taking the totality of that person nice. into consideration... I think we're also going to move towards more genetic-based healthcare where understanding your genetics can help you uh treat those things. I think the big thing that's that's starting to come out is a lot of the more natural procedures. So like I mean we do PRP for the knee, but they're doing PRP for all kinds of stuff now. I've heard it for lower uh, back. I've heard lower it for lower back. Kind. Like they even do it for hair loss. They I in. Mean- <laughs> um so I think that and 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 again there's this big push around like the natural so stem cells mm-hmm. which are not Massive yet here in in Canada, but definitely in the U.S. There's a lot of stuff coming out with stem cells. Um, there's even injections that they now do with stem cells and PRP together for tissue regeneration. So I think that's the next wave of like the next twenty years will be more about regenerating things. So instead of oh, okay, you've got a knee that we need to replace, let's try to regenerate it. Um, The problem with it right now is, is number one, we don't know for sure that it works. That's that's a big thing. Number two is it takes a very, very long time in the instances where there is some research to show like, okay, well, this knee cartilage was worn out, and all of a sudden we've injected it with stem cells, and now it's better. Um, It takes a very, very long process to achieve that. So it's incremental over long periods of time. And because of all of the first two things, it means it's very expensive. Right, so that's all. That's all stuff, but no different than you know flat screen TVs. Once upon a time, were you know ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars to get one. Right when you plasma TVs and things like that, and now they're everywhere. So maybe in the next twenty or thirty years, you know there'll be a faster way. It'll be cheaper and all of those things. But it always, I I guess, starts to some extent in that way. But I think that is sort of the future of medicine and and healthcare. I also think people. One one big shift that I think has happened over the last decade is people are starting to realize it's more about prevention than oh, it is treatment, just about right? Yeah. And I think most people realize that, like, there's a bigger push towards an active, healthy lifestyle and eating better. And, and I think we're at a point where, you know, most people that – well, I shouldn't say most people, but I guess most people that I interact with – there's healthier choices that are being made, right? And and we're starting to, and I think that's a big deal. Once upon a time, it was always this thing about a cure, a cure. Like, where's the pill for solving cancer? It's all where's, the end game, right? Yeah, it's all the end game. Like, where is the final treatment? I think now we're starting to understand, well, that's actually quite hard, and we'll keep trying to figure something out. But in the meantime, let's worry about prevention and early detection, right? And, and a lot of the things where we've made hallmark um milestone types of achievements have also been around that early detection right so so mandate like you know making sure that people start getting colonoscopies at a certain age breast exams prostate exams these are the things that we were able to identify and we're not necessarily preventing them we're more than anything identifying them early right um heart disease and stroke and all these things trying to give the public the knowledge like we just talked about um and we've seen those commercials about stroke right where all of a sudden someone has slurred speech and they're not lifting their arm call 911 right away so i think Prevention and and early detection is a big thing, and I think the cure aspect of it all is becoming is becoming harder to see that that is actually a possibility for everything. It may be a possibility for certain things and i think finally when we get to it we're going to realize that it's really about the genetics like i don't think really? if if we do ever come to like let's say a cure for something i don't think the cure will be here's a pill and you do this or if if it is it has an effect on genetics somehow where we can look at a certain component of your genetics and say right there there's the problem take it out put the right thing in or mm-hmm. how i don't know i'm i'm not I'm, that's the not me yeah I'm not, not a geneticist so so that that one's tough and I don't know the intrinsics of it but I believe that's sort of where we're moving towards
0: four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred star six forty unsell your calls uh there's a couple coming in now you uh, still got some time uh give us a call pinpoint hell show global news radio mm-hmm. and getting right back to it here we we'll get to uh to our calls right away Randy thanks for uh thanks for calling in good morning good morning what's up pal?
2: uh I'm uh, 70 years old, and I've developed arthritis in my hands. Okay. And I was wondering if these uh, advertised copper compression tension gloves work.
1: So I'm not familiar with the copper aspect of it. Compression gloves, I, I am familiar with that. Um, any type... I, sorry?
2: I believe the, the, the commercials that I've seen on TV is, is by a manufacturer called CopperFit.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know specifically about that. What I can comment on is the compression aspect. So anytime arthritis will tend to cause swelling um, and that swelling will tend to pool in those areas. So whether it's in the hands or the feet. So the compression aspect is just really designed to help get blood back to out of that area, get the, get the inflammation out of it, which should try to help a little bit in terms of the the pain and maybe the mobility and all those things. Is it going to cure the arthritis? No. Um, so, so, I mean, it might be an option. I'm always, like, you should always be worried about, like, infomercials on TV selling a specific thing because I think the primary objective there is... Um, making money, right? Not, I, I, well, these that's things that's have nice. been happening for the last 50 years, and which one of them have become mainstream where it's like, yeah, no, that now that's everywhere. It started on the shopping channel and now they, uh-huh. they use it in hospitals. Like that stuff just doesn't really happen. Um, there is a benefit to compression when you have swelling due to arthritis for sure. I'm not, I don't know enough about the com- copper aspect of it or this specific brand uh but again compression can be helpful in terms of controlling some of the symptoms but it's not a cure right so but there is really no cure for arthritis in your hand so all of it is really management so that compression may play a role in the management aspect of it now it also depends on if there's actually swelling happening um and all those things so yeah that that's sort of my my short answer to it gotcha okay Okay, thank you. No problem. thanks Randy, enjoy the uh,
0: the rest of your weekend. Nancy, thank you for uh, for holding on. Good morning. Good morning. What's your concern?
2: Uh, uh, I'm going to read to you a finding uh, from a cat scan. I'm talking about the medial tibia f- uh, plateau yep um, and it, it says it's highly suggestive of insufficiency fracture right of the medial tibia plateau yep without any collapse of the articular surface. My, my symptoms are um, swelling below um, where, below the tibia or, or at the tibia and then below. Uh, not, not excessive, but certainly noticeable. And then, of course, it's painful to walk on it. Right. Um, is there, do you know of anything that you can do to either stop the progression uh, or even maybe um, heal over or uh, repair the fracturing?
1: So I feel like I'm having. Have you called with this same question before?
2: I talked to you um, before and said I was uh, I was going to pursue it further. Okay. Um, so I thought yeah. I would uh, tell you what I I have found from the uh, the CAT scan. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have uh, seen a, an orthopedic surgeon um, who um, he's probably forty years into the business and he hasn't seen this.
1: An insufficiency fracture while. Well, doubt that he hasn't seen that but so what did they what did he or she say about the treatment aspect of it
2: no treatment which is why why i'm calling at this yeah. point uh again just observing
1: yeah uh, so so he probably meant no surgical treatment right there's always some treatment that could be done again i think the the important thing here is that findings on imaging are just findings it's n- may not necessarily be the source of the problem um and that's not just that doesn't just go for knees that's pretty consistent across the body that these findings that happen on imaging may not necessarily, they could just be what we call incidental. The only reason, and that meaning the only reason why we know it's there is because we decided to take uh, some type of an image due to some other symptoms. So it might be correlated. It might not be. The only way for me to know is to actually assess your knee. So if you're interested in that, I'm happy to see you assess your knee and then take into consideration what the findings on the, on the CT scan are, but uh, it's n- it's not a diagnosis, right? That insufficiency fracture is a finding on imaging. It's not necessarily the diagnosis of your problem. And the only way for me to make the diagnosis is to correlate a physical exam with that image. Okay. Okay? Um,
2: the, yeah, the interesting thing is that it's also on my other knee, not to quite the same extent. Is it,
1: so, Do you have problems on the other knee? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Um, it started with the right knee and now uh, it's uh, with the left knee as well
1: right yeah again it might very well be something i i need to look at it is the yeah. point i need to assess it because i can't just go based on a finding on an image that's uh I mean, and if you've heard me on the show before, I always talk about that, that they're just findings. They're not, that's why they're called findings. You said it yourself. You said, let me read you a finding. You're not, it's not a diagnosis. And even at the bottom where it says impression, an impression is a radiologist impression of what that finding may mean, but it is intended for correlation of a diagnosis by the treating clinician.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Thanks, Nancy. Appreciate you. Wanna reach out to uh, one eight five 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 Dr. Lou D R L O U or info at pinpointhealth.ca. That's it's interesting. People sometimes read everything. Oh, I got this, I got subluxation, I got facet joint problems. Yeah. I'm wheelchair bound. No, no, that's just what's going on back there. That might yeah, not be it's, the problem.
1: It, it's findings are a dangerous thing because they we I think we were speaking about well, we've talked about this a lot, but I think last week as well. None of them sound good. Right. There's no sound like there is nothing that you can read in anatomy that ever sounds good. I can make something that is totally benign. You know, I could I could talk in medical terms right now about something that is totally absolutely benign, and it's going to sound scary. Yeah. Right. And it's and, and it's going to sound and then even more so. This isn't necessarily benign that finding, but it's a finding insufficiency, fracture, right? Like that's all of a sudden is like, Ugh. now it may be significant. I don't want to say that it doesn't matter. I get, The point that I'm trying to make is that we cannot rely just on imaging for a diagnosis. A diagnosis is a clinical opinion by the treating clinician. Uh, and that treating clinician has to take everything into consideration, including the physical exam and the imaging and whatever other, testing is done so that that's the advantage of seeing somebody that's what i'm here to do is to correlate those things for you
0: we are at uh, we're done that's it for this uh, this show this uh, this year this decade we'll catch you next saturday back with more of the pinpoint health show you'll want to reach out in the meantime again info at pinpointhealth.ca uh pinpoint health on social as far as instagram and facebook are concerned and uh there you go one Doctor Lou Lou we'll catch you next week right here global news radio